Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. Right. Well, it's great to have Johnny Crane with us here. Johnny is a good friend of mine, um, and I've just enjoyed getting to know him over the years, and we've just got a great friendship, and I think he's got some valuable information that he can bring to all of us today. So, Johnny, good morning. Good morning, Trey. How are you doing today? I am good, man. It's good to see you. It's good to have you here on the podcast. And I think we'll just start with you just kind of telling us where you are in ministry, uh, about your growing family, and um, if you want to, even your ties to Almost Home, West Virginia. All right. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. And I am a pastor currently in central, East Central Indiana, Blackford Baptist Temple in a small town, Hartford City. And I've been there for almost four years now. It's hard to believe. And uh, I, we've, we've known each other for a while. Like you said, our connections yeah. to, uh, to West Virginia. My wife grew up there in Morgantown. And I know your wife grew up there as well. And so she's a huge Mountaineer fan, Big 12. We won't go on that topic. And I'm a big <laughs> SEC guy. But, right. Uh, so we, we, we go home quite often. And uh, some of my family goes to your church. And we've met. And I really enjoyed, uh, you know, our friendship. And uh, you've, you've been a blessing. I actually picked up a book you gave me when I became a pastor uh, called The First 100 Days. And I've reread it in the last week, uh, just trying to see if there's anything I can, can do to help Good. or anything that I missed. And uh, there was a little note in there of encouragement from you. So I appreciate that. But uh, God's just really blessed us over here. And uh, we took a, a small church uh, that was in need of uh, being revitalized, I would uh, I, I would say, and I just really have seen God work in tremendous ways. And we have four children, me and my wife, uh, my wife, Emily, and then our oldest is Carly, Carson, Cohen, and then three months old today, baby Caroline. Oh, so. wow. That's great. That's great. And your oldest is how old? She is seven. Okay. So seven, four, seven, and four underneath there. And that's a busy yeah. house right now. Absolutely. Not much sleep on a, we're living off of coffee and fumes. Yes. So. Yes. I always said sleep is overrated because there is not much Big sleep time. that happens on that. Well, that's great, Johnny. And so you've been there four years. So total ministry time, you've been in ministry, how many years in total? Uh, this is my 11th year of ministry. Uh, okay. Started in uh, 2010, the summer. So almost at that 11th year anniversary mark. Well, that's really good. That's really good. Now, did you start right off the bat with your father in ministry? I did. I uh, went to Bible college and as soon my took my last class on a Friday, was working for my dad on the Monday. That wow. Followed, so. Now, was yeah. that, looking back, was that something that you all had planned or is that just something you saw God work out as it went? It is not. It was not in my plan. My dad okay. uh, pastors at Temple Baptist uh, Church there in Gulfport, Mississippi, on the coast. And uh, I had not planned. I think my dad had always wanted it and uh, desired that, and he never pushed for that. I had plans to to get my master's degree and uh, intern with someone there on staff at the college that I was at uh, to try to get some more experience. And honestly, didn't think that home would be a good fit. Uh, I had some rebellious teenage years mm -hmm. that I'm uh, not so proud of, and uh, people knew about those uh, those mistakes, those uh, getting in trouble. There were Sunday school teachers that had <laughs> caught me doing things, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I just didn't know how good of a fit that would be, uh, but that's what God had for us in uh, the end, and uh, my wife was working there on staff as well as a teacher in the Christian school, 
and uh, really cherish the memories we have. We were there for seven, a little over seven years by the time it was okay. over. Wow. Wow. So right out of college and seven years with dad. Yeah. Man, that's something, you know, that's a, that's a unique opportunity. Uh, but I know with that opportunity comes a lot of challenges. And that's why I thought for this podcast, if there's any guys out there that maybe they're considering going and working for their father or, you know, they're in a position where, Hey, dad's got this assistant pastor position open, you know, even my, my um, youth pastor was thrown that a couple of weeks ago where his dad's assistant pastor was going to another ministry. And now he's got this opportunity to go with his dad and, and praise the Lord. He didn't cause I don't, I don't want him to go, but guys in that position or guys that are offered that position, um, I just want to discuss some things, you know, where you were and maybe some challenges you faced. And I think one of the first things that, that I would think of as you're going into a position like this and, and you're working for your father is how to say no, you know, because dad wants this done and dad needs this done. And it's not, maybe it's not even something that dad's asked me to do, but you see that, Hey, dad missed this. And I need, I need to get that taken care of for him. And, you know, is there, is there an easy way to sit down and say "Dad, I just can't do that or dad, I need more time at home. Or do you feel like you were pulled to just do everything? Well, I definitely didn't do it right all the time. That's for sure. Um, But I I think there's, uh, there were in some instances opportunities or uh, ways that I could say no more often than other staff. Like for example, in a meeting, when discussing future events or vision of the church, I really felt like uh, a lot of guys on staff just were yes men. And not that that's bad necessarily, but my dad does not need that and doesn't want that. And I knew yeah. my dad was looking for some, uh, some pause or some feedback, some honest mm-hmm. feedback. And so I really felt like, because that's what my dad needed, I would be easy to step up and say, Hey dad, that's not a good idea. I don't know. What about the challenges here? If we do this, what, what about, what about all that that entails? And so it felt like in meetings, it really helped. But when it that's came good. to the physical, like what you mentioned, like, Hey, this needs right. to be done. Um, I'm a poor delegator and it's something I'm working on. It's a weakness. And so it was just, Hey, dad needs this. Let's, let's do it. We live here on, uh, we lived on property for yeah. uh, almost five years. And so oh, that, wow. that added to that. So, um, Hey, it, it's a need. No one else has been asked to do it. Uh, we could have gotten someone else to do it. And so I, I did struggle with saying no to some of those things, yeah. late nights doing things that, you know, could have been done by somebody else. But, uh, I, I think there was a balance, you know, I, I think my dad needed to be told no in those meetings. And sometimes I should have said no in the physical. And I think the busier I got, the more kids uh, I got, uh, that ability came. Uh, and okay. we had just some honest conversations. Me and my dad are real close and, uh, Hey dad, I, I just got a little bit too much and, you know, almost, almost waited too long to have that conversation. But yeah. once that conversation started, it really kind of just continued and we had a very good open, honest kind of, uh, you know, relationship there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so in some ways you think maybe even it was easier to have those conversations with your dad. I, I think so. Um, Whereas opposed know, to I, the other guys, that's boss. It's you had a father, you know, that father relationship, the other guys, it's like, that's my boss. I'm just going to do what he says. Yeah. Keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And it was always, uh, we always in our house, we always could kind of see the different hats of my dad. I mean, my dad mm-hmm. was our pastor. He was our administrator. 
Uh, he was my coach for a time or two uh, yeah, and yeah. a youth pastor here and there, you know, so he had, he had worn many hats in our lives. And so on this, as a staff guy, I was able to see him as pastor, but then I also had the experience or knew, Hey, this is dad. I can go to him. Yeah. I need, I need help. And, uh, and we have always had a close relationship. So that, that did help. Uh, and I, you know, I would encourage guys, whether you're working for your dad or, you know, working for someone that's not family, mm-hmm. uh, to, to build that relationship so that you can come to him and have that honest conversation. And he's right. Yeah, it does. It definitely needs to be had. So would you say then let's, let's look at the opposite side of the spectrum. You know, um, do you think some guys could take advantage of that and be like, you know, Hey, dad's not going to care dad. Hey, um, you know, I want to, we're going to go out on a date today. I'm taking the day off or, Hey, when the kids are sick, I'm not coming in. And, and it can become even a, um, something you take advantage of if dad is passing. Oh, I, I think that. Yeah, absolutely. Happen. And I think, I think that goes back to why you're there. Um, you know, I didn't want to work. I didn't plan on working for my home church, working for my dad. Uh, and I think that might have been one of the reasons I thought that maybe it might be too easy for me. It wouldn't have challenged me, wouldn't have pushed me, or I wouldn't have been properly motivated. But I think if you're uh, thinking about going home or to your home church to work, it has to be a God, God-led thing. And you have to be motivated by the need that's there. It doesn't, hey, I'm just going home to work. I'm just mm-hmm. going to work for dad because that's what sons do. Yeah, I think it's important that you realize that there's a need. And you're hiring me not because of my name and our relationship. You're hiring me because I'm a good fit for the need that's there. Uh, and I think if someone feels that they're needed or that God has placed them there, it's going to be um, those things are in there are there in place to try to help us not to manipulate the situation that we're in yeah. um, and uh, take advantage of, of dad being boss. That's good. That's good. So let me let me put you on the spot here and, and answer again when we when we do this in these podcasts. I, I want to be careful because we don't want to throw senior pastors under the bus. But as a senior pastor, I think sometimes I need thrown under the bus, even in the way that I I can uh, treat sometimes my guys. But let's let's put your wife into this. So for instance, my my mom and dad are here. Dad's helping us do a remodel in the church, and he he's good at that stuff. So he's down for the week. And, and so today, today's a day off, but I was up at eight o'clock and I'm having coffee with dad. Now, now I'm having coffee with dad and enjoying that time. But Carrie says, it's your day off. Why are you going to work? I'm not going to work. I'm just hanging out with mom and dad. Yeah. And she's seeing that as work. So when you were there, were there times that, that your wife felt that, man, you're there all the time. And you're like, well, I'm not there all the time. I'm just, I'm just chilling with that. This isn't work. Was there anything like that that came up where you had to guard even being there to protect time at home and your wife? There, there was because in my family, my mom is heavily involved in the ministry there. Uh, she's the, the principal of the Christian school. And uh, okay. she's, I mean, she's, she's earned her doctorate degree uh, in Christian Man. education and she does a great job. So when we were at home, so your I mean, your dad's your boss, and your mom was your yeah. wife's boss, and my <laughs> boss too, because I was teaching, you know, oh and my. having to yeah. kind of supplement income. <laughs> so mom and dad are boss, and uh, they they work very well together. They've done it for that way for you know thirty mm-hmm. years, thirty eight years of ministry, and uh, and my family, all of my sister and I have three sisters. They all marry preachers, 
and they're all working in their home church. So it's very unique. So my, my oldest sister married a guy across town and they served in a church for a long time that was just five miles away. My other sister married the pastor's son in Theodore, Alabama. And then my youngest sister was out in New Mexico working for the, uh, her husband's home church. And so we all had that unique yeah. relationship there. Yeah. And, uh, but since then, my oldest brother-in-law just uh, just became a pastor, uh, and uh, they they said that I kind of started the domino. So we'll see if the other two will uh, will leave the nest anytime soon <laughs> yeah. or not. Uh, but when we get together, one of the hard things is is that's all we talk about. When we talk about ministry, it's exciting. I enjoy those conversations. Mm-hmm. They they challenge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife was like, "Hey, why are we always talking about this? Why are we talking about? Uh, you know, we're here for a birthday party." You know, our son just turned two. He's wanting to be with Nan and Paul. And we're talking about mm-hmm. something that happened with mm-hmm. one of the students, you know, in second period on Thursday last week. Right. And my wife, uh, it was very good and helpful for me. She was a balance. And uh, to see, hey, we do need to just take some time off. Uh, and so my wife didn't grow up in ministry, but her dad, you know, you know, John Sargent, oh, yeah. he's just a phenomenal guy, Trish. Uh, I mean, any pastor would love to have those two in your church. They're just mm-hmm. hard workers and love the Lord. Uh, but so she's seen it from the other side, uh, not growing up in ministry. And that's that's helped us. But another thing that helped, my dad uh, really focused on trying to make sure that I didn't neglect my wife or her family. And uh, he always put emphasis on that. So we lived close to my parents. But my dad's whole ministry, he had lived away from parents and in-laws. And so they made an emphasis at once or twice a year, they were going to see family, all the vacation time was. And so he emphasized that. And I think that was important. We knew that we had time available to go see, uh, be with mom and dad and father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was good. That was helpful. But my wife, it was a challenge, it, not really, fr- not necessarily frustrating, but it was just all the time. And so she yeah. helped me learn to just kind of turn that off. Uh, and it was a tremendous help and still, still helps me with that. She, she's a, That's good. Uh, the best yeah, thing to happen, to happen to me. It's not, it's not easy to do period, you know, because it, you yeah. just, you know, you take the ministry home with you, you're thinking about it, but when you're living in it and your, your family's involved and you're all there, I can see where that'd be a huge, a huge challenge. Yeah, it, it is. But our, my personality and your similar track is that, uh, if I was doing something else, I'd be the same way. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just all about yeah. wh- what I'm doing. I'm excited about it. I'm a hundred percent in, uh, and my wife said, Hey, we're not at work. We're, we're on a date. Let's, yeah. let's not talk about church. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's been very, very helpful for me. Uh, and, uh, I think it's just caused me to, uh, to really enjoy what I do more because of the time I get to be away. Yeah. So. That's awesome. That's really good, man. That's, that's great. And, um, praise the Lord for our wives. And one of these days we'll, uh, definitely get our wives on here and let them talk a little bit too, what it's like to be in that position, you know, yeah, the they could help the assistant pastor. Yeah. They can help the audience a lot more than we could probably. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's good, Johnny. So, so a guy's listening and um, he's got the opportunity to go and to work with dad. What, what are some honest questions that you think should happen before he ever steps into that ministry when he's even in an interviewing quote unquote interviewing process with dad should, you know, should we talk, be honest with salary or time off or vacation or what are some some conversations you said you waited too late? What are some conversations you wish you would have had early on just to get things out the open and say, hey, here's where I need to be at that if I'm going to come and work with you? 
I think uh, the expectations, uh, especially right away. What what are my what are your expectations for me? What are going to be uh, the 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 requirements placed upon me at the beginning? When I came in, uh, I was hired to just be my dad's assistant, and he had needed one for a long time. And uh, I was the visitation pastor, I guess was my official title. And then we worked with the children, and uh, and we did know exactly what was what was expected of us. But as we stayed, people, staff members would leave. To, uh, some left to start churches, some to take a church as pastor. And so these positions became available. And it just was, hey, Johnny, I need, I need your help. We can't really bring someone else in. And can you, can you take on this? And it got to where I was um, doing too much. I was the principal. I was a youth pastor. I was coaching volleyball, coaching basketball. I was overseeing the finances. I was teaching wow. an adult Sunday school class. Uh, leading the singing, t- uh, doing the choir, all those things, and it was just—it was just a little bit much. And so, to bit, have that honest lot, conversation, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Plus, a second job uh, to try to supplement some income, wow. and uh, and so it was uh, running papers, which is was was a great, uh, a unique experience. I'll put it that way. Uh, but uh, if if an opportunity comes, uh, treat it as a new job, uh, almost as a re-interview process. Don't just take on more responsibility, um, and because you you don't want to get burnt out, and it's very very easy uh, to to do. And uh, praise the Lord that didn't quite happen to us, but just uh, really through my wife and and others. Hey, John, you need to have a conversation. And my dad didn't do that to hurt us. I mean, it was just a need that the church had. And you're here. You're loyal. You'll you'll work hard. Uh, you understand my vision. You you get me. And so let's put it. It made sense when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, but not not to keep everything else as well. So. Wow. That's, that's really good. So, so even with those guys out there, so this new opportunity, and it happens all the time. I see it here. Oh, we need somebody to do this. We need somebody to do that. Well, let's see if Joey can do this. Let's see Well, Joey can step in and do that. So with each one of those positions, you're saying, Hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. Like it's another position or job. Yeah. Or you yeah, just let's jump in and take it, but your, your personality, my personality are the type that we just jump in. Let's do it. I can yeah, do it. Absolutely. Sure, no problem. Yeah. And then we find ourselves, you know, with our nose just barely above water and, yeah, living wives, with like I'm wor- to kill us. Yeah. a thirty-hour day, and it just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't exist, you know. And yeah. sleep's important, and uh, yeah. you got to have time with your wife. Uh, and so that again, that's a weakness of mine still today. Like I said, I'm a poor uh, poor delegator. Mm-hmm. There's a job, I just do it because it's there. I see it, and I don't want to burden anybody else with it. Uh, but really, we're not hurting. We're we're hurting ourselves, and then number two, you're actually hurting the work because. Yeah. God has placed people there and God mm-hmm. wants other people to grow and learn. Uh, and, and so you're really, your church is missing out on some opportunities for people to step up and some growth uh, and leadership uh, positions. And, uh, and I think in the long run, it, it's good short term, but it's, it's in the long run doing more harm than good. Yeah. I know when I was working with my, um, with a coach, he was going through my schedule and, you know, he, he said, okay, um, college, college Bible studies, Monday nights, you're leading that you're doing the campus ministry. He said, I'm going to give you four weeks to find somebody else to do it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's nobody else that can do it. He's like, well, you better find somebody because you need to be done with yeah. this in four weeks. That, that was the best move I ever made. Do I miss my college kids? Do I miss the ministry? Yes. But man, uh, a guy in the church stepped up and he, he's just doing a, a much better job than I ever could have. Yeah but it's learning to let go 
and, and to delegate. And it helps them. Well, he's taken ownership of it and he's taken ownership yes. of it. And the teacher is learning more than the student. If they're really taking ownership and yep. saying, this is my place. Uh, and your church is only going to benefit from having your, your workers or leaders grow uh, and not just one or two. And we've all heard the saying, you know, 90% of church work is done by 10% of the church. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we need to be getting away from that as much as possible uh, because it, it's too big of a job. We're limiting our, our potential, you know, outreach. We're limiting our potential influence because we want to hold on to some things or we're, we're just taking some responsibility uh, when we need to go back and, okay, you want me to do this? Let's reevaluate. These were my requirements. This is what yeah. you expected of me. Uh, let's look at the time. Uh, let's see what I need to drop in order to to do this new responsibility. That's that's excellent advice. I love that. I love that. So, okay, so we've covered those things. I think those guys can really benefit from that. So looking back, I love this question, Johnny, um, especially as guys get older in ministry. Um, I know you don't consider yourself older in ministry, but we have a young married yeah. couples fellowship here at church. And we have a couple that, you know, always came and now they're, you know, they're 29, they're old with two kids. And my, my 10 year old said yesterday, dad, are Andrew and Bethany going to come to the young married couples fellowship? And I'm like, yeah, they'll be there, but they're not young anymore. <laughs> you know, they're old. They got two kids. They're 29. And, and so it's all a matter of perspective. I still don't feel like I'm yeah. old in ministry, you know, and I know we're, you're the same way. We've got several years looking back you know, what do you wish you would have done differently? I, I think you've covered this one. You wish you'd have, you'd have cut back some, but what are some other things that you're looking back, man, I, I wish I'd have done this a little differently. I think mainly is my interaction with other staff. Um, I, I'm a big believer that I, I should not be loyal just because my last name is the same as the pastor. And I, I think loyalty to the vision of the church, the pastor of the church. And, and if you can't be loyal, and I know these are some terms that have been abused right. uh, in churches, but if you, if I can't be loyal to the pastor, why am I there? Go, go find someone or go pastor yourself. But uh, I wish that I would have been patient with those that were working with my dad more because I just expected everybody to get what my dad is saying. I, I understood it. Uh, he would, he would express a vision. I understand. And we've talked about it at home <laughs> where we, we shouldn't have been, but we were. And, and, you know, so I've understood his vision. He's, he's articulated it. I get the reasoning behind why he's making these decisions. Uh, and we get in staff meeting and he, 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 uh, he share that. And then we'd walk out and guys just didn't really catch on. And it would, it would irritate me. Hmm. Uh, and I wish that I would have been a little bit more patient and uh, understanding or trying to help those uh, those guys understand this is why he's doing it. This is what this is what the purpose is. And yeah, we could maybe do some things differently or better, but let's bring it to them. Let's 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 try to have those conversations. And instead, I just kind of got frustrated and kind of isolated myself at times, not all the time. Uh, and I, I was really close and still would say friends with some of those guys that worked with my dad. Uh, but I, I regret I regret that I was a little bit not vocal, not outwardly, but inwardly, I was a, a very frustrated and, uh, and, and closed myself off to those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think wasted or missed an opportunity uh, to really kind of correct or help from another perspective, not just the pastor, the leader out front, but let's, let's all get on board. Let's do this and see what can happen. Uh, and I, I regret not, not, not taking advantage of that. Mm, that's really good. So, so when you were there, of course, you're coming in and you're working for your dad. 
was there any pressure from the outside or even from the inside with family that, hey, this ministry is yours? Johnny, you, you just stick it out and, and you're going to be, you're the next man to take on your father's legacy. Did you ever feel that or did anybody, or even some members of the church, oh, it's so exciting you're here, Johnny. We can't wait for you to become the pastor here one day. Did you have that? Yes. Uh, one time I was weed eating um, and just one of the jobs that I had at the church was mowing the grass. And so I was weed eating a front ditch and it was on a very busy road. And one of our uh, longtime uh, members of the church drove by and saw me. He pulled over and I had broke my safety goggles and wasn't wearing any and, uh, you know, shouldn't have been doing that. Anyway, he said, I don't want my future pastor to be one eyed. Like I'm gonna have to watch you preach. And when you pastor me one day, I want you to have both your eyes. And so he, and he handed me safety goggles, you know, so I appreciate the thought. Thank you. I want both my eyes too. uh, that, at, you know, others, um, you know, I, I heard those comments and in the family and with my dad, uh, without a doubt, I know when I had that conversation with them, Hey dad, I really feel like God is, is leading me away. And, uh, you know, he made some offers or, you know, said, Hey, well this, what about the potential mm. of you staying? And, mm. and, uh, and it was things that I knew from his heart that he wanted, you know, he wanted me there and would yeah. like for me to stay there. Um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't what God, what God had for our family. And, yeah. um, and I'm thankful for where I'm at. And I know without a doubt, you know, this is where God has me. Uh, for such a time as this, especially for my yeah. uh, my family, and uh, the, you know, we're four. You know, like you said, it's extremely busy with four kids. Two of them are in school, two of them are at home, and uh, and with COVID, it just was a blessing to kind of be where we're at. And yeah. uh, and but you know, we we've, we've had those in family. You know, I think it, when I announced that I was leaving, uh, my sisters and I are real close, and some of them, hey Johnny, why are you why are you leaving, Dad? You know, and so I had mm. to have that conversation and explain. That I wasn't, I wasn't leaving dad. I was more, I'm just following, following God's will. Yeah. And uh, while it was hard for my dad, uh, my dad has always taught us, you know, I'd rather you be a thousand miles from home and, and in God's will than, you know, at home and a thousand miles from God's will. And, yeah. and I'm literally 997 <laughs> miles away from my mom and dad's <laughs> wow. house. I know wow. I've taken that trip. That's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah. and so he, he has, you know, once that decision, once we dis, uh, made that known to him, uh, and after a few, you know, opportunities or, hey, let's let's try to keep you here and do this or do that. Now, ultimately, you know, he has just been on board all the way and saying, hey, well, this is, you know, we're going to be behind you. We're going to support you. And he really has done a, done a great job with that. But, uh, you know, to me, it was more of a time issue. My dad's and you know, my dad's still a young man. Uh, right. You know, you feel like you're, you know, you're still young. He's 58. I mean, mm-hmm. and at the time he was 50, 53, about to turn 54 when having these conversations, really the yeah. prime of his, the prime of his ministry. Yeah. He'd been there 20 years and just starting to see some real big things click and been through mm-hmm. some big battles. But, um, and, and I didn't expect him to shorten his ministry just so that I could one day take it. Right. But I also knew that God had put that desire in me to be the senior pastor and to, to lead a group, uh, you know, a church that I couldn't sit around for 17 more years, 18 more years either. So it was, it was just one of those conversations we had. I remember it was actually on my birthday. I probably should have done it on that day, but my birthday said, dad, this is just, I, I really got to tell you, I'm just, you know, I know without a doubt, God has called us away. And he asked me for a year and I did give him that. It was about a year and a half after that conversation when uh, me and my family finally moved wow. a year and three months. 
Uh, and so God just had worked and really miraculous is about the same amount of time that I told my dad, the pastor here announced his retirement. And it was about a year yeah. that they were in transition. And uh, we think that's pretty unique and, and special yeah. that God was working on both Absolutely. of our lives. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And so you can just see where God, God's got his plan and it's so important to be willing to yield. Now, have you gone back yeah. and preached for dad since then? I have. Uh, and okay. uh, I, I preached for him last June and then he okay. invited me. So I'm going okay. back to uh, his Good. revival meeting. And he had some guys coming 20 years. They were there every single year and their poor health. And so uh, I, I think it, uh, it's a Johnny revival now. So it's a slash in revival slash, hey, let's get an advantage or opportunity to bring the babies yeah. home. He doesn't That's, really want to hear me. <laughs> yeah. my, my four kids. And so. you can write it off on your taxes. I mean, it's a win-win all the way yeah. around. That's really good. So way, if you're listening, yeah. if you're listening today, just let me put this in. And I'll say this because I love Johnny and he, he knows what I'm saying. A lot of what he said you need to do and a lot of what he's done, don't do. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, be careful not to take on too much because you can find yourself in a, in a position where it's like, now, how do I get out of this? You know, and I've been there. Exactly. I, when you were talking about weeding in the ditches, I've been in those ditches weed eating. And, yeah. and with everything else going on, it's the last thing I needed to be doing. And again, that's, that's taking that opportunity. You see the dish needs we needed, so let's do it. Instead of saying, hey, so-and-so would be great at this. Let's, you know, we can help pay them a little bit and let them mow the grass. So, you know, you, you need to look at that and realize what you take on or don't take on. But also I think, Johnny, you showed us that there's some great opportunities to develop even a relationship with your father far, you know, to a greater extent to learn from him, to work with him. And, and it can be beneficial to both. It, it can. And we're closer now. Um, I mean, now four years after leaving, uh, than we've really ever been, uh, we've been, you know, he, he was just a great dad growing up. Uh, he never missed. I was in every sport and my dad literally had never missed anything. I remember playing intramural sports at college and looking and just subconsciously looking for my dad after something mm -hmm. happened. And he wasn't there. It was the first time in my life my dad had not watched me. And uh, so, you know, he was just a great dad, spent time on vacation, focused on us. Uh, you know, he was busy in the ministry, but involved us and just had a great family life. I think it's evident in my sisters all wanting to still be a part of, uh, of church yeah. ministry. And, and that's what our families are about. So they did a great job. But even as close as we were then, we're closer now. And uh, and. I talked to, I reached out to a pastor that had uh, left his dad and, you know, it was kind of, he was being groomed to take it on, but it was going to be a long process and kind yeah. of similar to what my dad had made an offer to me. And, and he, he walked through some things that he did and didn't do or wish he would have done and said, Johnny, please just handle, handle the transition with care because your relationship with your dad is that important. And, uh, and so I'm thankful for that advice and was just real cautious and real, uh, tried to be understanding of my dad and mom's feelings towards it. And, uh, you know, we're very, very close and uh, still, and we talk, uh, he's, I mean, he's somebody I talk to every, every week and sometimes multiple times a week. And uh, we, we joke in our family, my dad, uh, he, he, he likes to use multiple forms of communication. So I think today already I've got an email from my dad. I've got a Facebook <laughs> message from my dad. He's texted me today. And, uh, and so I'm sure by the day's over with, there'll be two or three other forms, Marco Polo, all of it, you know, yeah, so, yeah. um, but we're, we're real close and uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that advice. So even if, you know, even if someone's working for dad or working for home church or working for any church, 
I try to leave on, on good terms, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And God does move people. And, and yeah. it's part of, it's just part of life. God doesn't yeah. always, I find interesting in the Bible, Treg, is that no one is ever, God never works through someone's life the exact same way in the Bible. Yeah. No one. I mean, God, God had a relationship with Moses that was unique. That was not the same for Joshua. And, mm-hmm. but God used Moses and God used Joshua. God used David. God used uh, Solomon. And we know what Solomon, you know, at the end of his life, but mm-hmm. God had a unique relationship with each one of those men. And God is going to work in our lives differently than, than others. And things that I've done or opportunities or things, mistakes, or the things that I've said yes to, like you said, not everyone needs to say yes to, yeah. uh, you need to do what you feel like God is calling you to do and follow his leading. Uh, and, and, but then as you are transitioning or as you are moving, uh, we still want to make sure we, we try to have as good of a relationship as possible. And cause I've, I've known, I've known pastors, sons that have left disgruntled and they've not had a good relationship with that. And we all know staff members that have left churches that, uh, that have not left on the best of terms. Right. And I think ultimately those, those, those things detract from, from the gospel, uh, the church gets hurt when, when, you know, there's bad blood there, uh, when, when someone leaves and it's not always possible. Uh, but as much, you know, the Bible stresses or urges us to be peaceable with all men. And, uh, and I think that's something we need to, to, to live by. It, it's very challenging. Sometimes that verse and uh, love your enemies are some that I, I don't like to live by. Right. Uh, it's, it's hard Christianity, but it, it's, it's, it's really better for us to live that way. Man, that's, that's great. Johnny, thank you so much. I think this has been incredibly helpful. I've been thinking about my own boys. What if, you know, they wanted to come back and, and work with dad someday? I know me. I don't know if that'd be the best, but I think even this would be great, you know, advice for them if they were going to come back and be with me someday. So, so Johnny, you guys um, change in directions here before we, we close up the interview you've started a podcast that's taken off and it's just been a real encouragement and help to a lot of guys. Just tell us a little bit about what you're doing and your podcast for our listeners. Yeah, me and my brother-in-law, Andrew Tool has been working for his dad uh, for 12 years and uh, we we've called it the growing up in ministry podcast. And for uh, two reasons, one, we've grown up in the ministry as pastors, kids, but in the last decade, we've really grown uh, as individuals, and uh, we want to share with people what we've learned and areas that we grow in, and we want to continue growing too and having a conversation about ministry, about things that we can do better, things that we uh, wish we would have done, and then also bringing in some uh, some well-seasoned men that have been used of God for a lot longer than we have been, uh, you know, that we've been in ministry. And I've just been encouraged by uh, the support and people listening in. Uh, so you can find it pretty much on every platform, but uh, Apple Podcast is the main one, and it's called Growing Up in Ministry with uh, Johnny Crane and Andrew Tool. Great. So there you go, Growing Up in Ministry. Make sure you get that on your podcast list and um, tune into that because I know it would be a blessing and encouragement to you. Johnny, thank you, man. It was great having you here today. Thanks for jumping in on our first interview on Art of the Assistant. Mm-hmm.